decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And the way we will play with Maryland Pride. He's gonna go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Hey, guys. Been over a month. Has it really? Well, that's right. I mean, it hasn't, but like we had the one episode that we had to ditch because the sound sucked. So, oh, yeah. Wah, wah. Yeah, that's true. The one with Corey Smith, the guy from NC State. I promised everybody on the message board there'd be no tech problems, and here we have Jeff not getting his video. <laughs> Make it a liar, <laughs> liar out of me. Yeah, he just to get my tweet on. Yeah, you just had to make it interesting. That's all. No, I I actually haven't. Um, the the beauty of that one episode was I I had begged this guy to let me uh, to unban me on Pack Pride. Um, oh yeah because i i was i was i did not i did not i I was thinking today like man i should have checked up to see if i'm still banned or not but i got i got banned uh after uh after the ambush play like 20 years ago and still (laughs) still pretty sure that i'm banned um i mean you could put it do another email address right i mean no no it's the principle of the thing man yeah and like really i didn't want to you know like i was saying he was like oh well if you win i'll unban you i was like no 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 don't do that because <laughs> you got to give me some time to cool down because you don't want to unban me and then i just roll over there and do some shit posting and then get banned again like you know that's not nobody wants that yeah and also they really don't what they want to unban you is if NC State wins. They don't want you unbanned if Maryland wins because that's when you're going to piss them off. Exactly. That's exactly. what I was saying. If 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 if, if NC State was saying, I was NC State won, you can unban me right away. That's hang cool. on. Jeff is already getting a text. We're in the middle of the show. We can see when Jeff's getting a text, and I'm always like, "Who is it? Who is it?" Bob Stone. Nicholas Harbor. Bob Stone. Bob Stone. He's, he's giving me the scoop. The diamond's about to commit. What robbery? Nicholas Harbor. Like- <laughs> he said he's on. Nicholas Harbor said he feels bad for you because he lost that uh, Lorenzo Harrison bet, so he's going to go to Maryland. 
out of sympathy. Um, I, I do well, appreciate that. Yeah. I'll take it. I, I like the view is look, Larry, you look a lot younger, by the way. Yeah, I was telling Paul pre pre-show that I started weight loss again in, in the new year and I'm down six pounds and I showed him my, <laughs> I showed him my weight loss spreadsheet that I created fucking chart is, is as crazy as like all the other crazy. It's crazier. Yeah. you. It's crazier. Should I show it Paul quickly? Do not, do not in, inundate these people with these. Yeah, let's not, let's not, uh... I'll show it very quickly. I have to find, uh, uh, let's see here. Okay, here it is. So I'm showing my weight to everybody. It's embarrassing. I weighed 241 pounds. I'm a fat ass, okay? But I'm trying to get to 179. You guys can see this. I mean, uh, look at this fucking thing. I'm down. Like, I'm down. Uh, that's unbelievable. What the hell are all those numbers in the pink column? Oh, I see now. You don't want. You don't want to know. These are projections. <laughs> 0.344 pounds per day. Oh my god. It's it's Larry. Larry's weight Ken Palm like. Yes. He's got to, you know, he's got to like, he's got to lose like a third of a pound a day. And if he doesn't, his Ken Palm I, number goes down. And then mm. I just showed you my, uh, I don't know if you saw it. I just had my, at the end of the show, I've got, um, I've got uh, trivia for you guys. There you um, go. So let me just, I'm going to pop this up just real quick. We're like fully prepared this time. It's kind of cool. So say I lose a pound tomorrow. I'm going to put in 234. Now watch all this stuff changes. And the graphs all change. You can see the uh, see the lines change. Oop, see them all change. The projection change. The trend, all that stuff. Yeah, anyway. my problem, I couldn't do that because if I focus too much on each little small stride, then I then you get frustrated because it's not happening fast enough. Yeah, I I, I I'm having regrets showing that because I'm a fucking fat ass. And everybody knows exactly how fat I am. <laughs> They know exactly how thin you're going to be by the summer, Larry. It's, it's fine. Whatever. I, this is my weight loss journey. This will help motivate me that now that everybody knows how fat I am. So there you go. Yeah. See, and then Look, find, find the, find the lemonade, man. Yeah. And then when I lose a bunch of weight, then I can proudly say, remember what I used to weigh? Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we get there. All right. Yeah. Hey, so like, yeah. So anyway, like, I just wanted to shave. Like, I, it's kind of a symbol of my like efforts and like focus. Yeah, and, like, you need that mental, mental fresh start. I feel you. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well, you know, it's been a pretty good couple of weeks here. So maybe keep up with the keep up with the shaving for a while because we'll take whatever we can get. Right. Good At least couple in football. weeks with recording. With well, basketball is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> basketball i don't i don't what the hell happened man like i feel like they're playing now like what they really are they those, are who we thought they were yeah, yeah. like eight games in, is in october not yeah. in november the eight that was games. a sugar rush but look it's great that they have it on the resume obviously because come bubble time when they will be on the bubble almost for sure, then that's going to really help them get in. Just so, get to 10 and 10, maybe 9 and 11, and get like one signature win and one good, like one, whether it's Purdue, a long shot, obviously, but one of those teams, and then a couple solid NCAA tournament kind of teams, like uh, who's in the middle of the pack? 
like a Wisconsin or somebody like that. They're, they're pretty good. R- Rutgers? Rutgers <laughs> is middle. really good. I think Rutgers. Yeah, they're pretty good, right? They're going to make some noise in March, I feel like. They, this is, Let this me, is um, the best team he's had during this little revival. I'm going to share something else for you guys, too. You're talking about that, the tournament. I like this team ranking site because it breaks things down like this. These are the projections from Maryland. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Okay. So it's saying right now they have a 70% shot of the tournament, which before the season started, had you told us that this at this point, we'd say, okay, cool. I think right now you'd say, okay, cool. That seems yeah. pretty, uh, yeah. fairly generous. Automatic bid 4.7%, which means 4.7% chance to win the, the Big Ten tournament. At large, 65.3%. The most likely seed is a 10 10 seed at 11.1% chance. And then here it breaks down by seed. So for everybody listening, 11.1% chance at a 10 seed. A nine seed is the second most likely eight seed. Then 11 seed and then seven and six and five and on so on downward. Two, 0.2% chance to win the entire thing. 2% <laughs> chance at the final four. And here is their chances of making each round. So... 66.4% chance of making 64. I guess that's not 70 because I guess there's a chance they make be in the first four. Yeah. And they don't win, but it's a small percent yeah. chance. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So they do kind of feel like exactly that team that would be destined for Dayton, don't they? Like I, if they do I, I, put I, it together, that would be fine. It'd be fine for you and nobody else. Oh, yeah. We'll have some, we'll have some, yeah, I did have not some, even think of that. Yeah. yeah, we'll have some courtside coverage of, you know, the loss. But... 35% chance to make the round of 32, 13.4% chance to make the Sweet 16, 5.4% chance to make the Elite 8, 2% at Final Four, 0.7 to make the Final Point 2 to win. And then here's their odds to make the NCAA tournament by win total. So here's what you were just talking about, Jeff. So 19, 19 is, or 20 is the magic number. 20, 20 in there lock. 21 is the absolute stone cold lock. You're at 97.7% right. at 21 wins. At 20 wins, they're saying 89.1%. At 19 is where we're all sitting on pins and needles, 57.7%. But you got that win over Miami. That is a huge win. Yeah, that Miami's is Illinois. Really Illinois really starting good. to Illinois starting to turn it around lately. Yeah. So and they'll have I some money. Say that I thought that was a sinking ship. Right, he was going to be like you know a revolt, and he's getting fired at the end of the year, and he yeah magically got it. So that one's gaining some value too. And the percent chance they're saying no chance at all to get a one seed. I was thinking if they win every game the rest of the year. Oh, stop. Not this, Jeff. I'm not predicting they're doing it. I'm saying there's 0.0% chance of being a one seed. Okay, but if it happened, I if they did win every game the rest of the year, they've got what are the five losses? So 26 and five plus three turn, they'd be 29 and five with a regular season and Big Ten tournament titles. I bet you they get a one seed. Stop. I'm just <laughs> sure it's all hypothetical. Of course. That's that's a one seed, right? The most hypothetical of hypotheticals ever hypothetical. Of course, it's not happening, but, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, so it looks so 20 is the magic number, basically, right? Yeah. And, here and they've got uh, – what do they have left? I haven't, even, I haven't looked to see how many they've got about. I mean, they, they have to go, like, nine and five or something. Yeah, 14 games left, yeah. 
So 10 and 10 is the projection here, 10.2 and 9.8 on team rankings. With the overall record, 19.2 and 11.8. I mean nine nine and nine and five puts them at at what eleven and eleven and nine in conference. There's no way they're not getting in in that no it's situation. Be a drastic turnaround to go nine and five though. I I think eight and six gets you to nineteen and gives you to five hundred in conference. And if Miami still stays being Miami and you sneak in another really quality win, I think that probably does it. Yeah. Um, I think they got nine and eleven written all over them. Yeah, it does feel like a you know nine and eleven that would be five hundred the rest of the way, right? Seven and seven, that 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 probably gets you on the bubble. I don't know if it gets you on the good side of the bubble. You never quite know what the bubble's going to look like till you get to February or so. But it depends who the seven are, the seven wins, right? And then uh-huh. you know, honestly, it's such a it's such a fucking weird season because it's hard to really retain a lot of interest in the season because almost all these players are going to be gone. Right. You hope you make the tournament, but they're not going anywhere. They have too many just major roster holes to really put together a run. So it's like, all right, well, it'd be really nice for Willard and just for the program to be able to sneak in the tournament, you know, maybe steal a win or something and call it a year. And then you're completely reloading next year. So like, when these games are on now, it's, I find it really hard to watch because, you know, I, it just doesn't matter. Does it? It doesn't it's matter. All because hell I don't, because I, it's my job. I don't really kind of factor in that um, fan, like lack of interest. And in, cause I know I'm going to be watching, paying attention to everything. So I don't think about it as much. And then I noticed on, during the Iowa game uh, Sunday or Saturday, whatever that was, I was tweeting and there was like hardly any replies. Nobody, the, the message board thread was with, and I was like, it just hit me all of a sudden. Like, wow, everybody is kind of lost about 50% of their interest in this season. Like it just, just that, I think the breaking point, I mean, NFL playoffs are part of that too, but uh, it was very clear like that th- this is the point where people are kind of writing it off and thinking about next year. Yeah, I mean, it really does feel like you could just like fall asleep until the first week of March and, you know, look up what their record is in conference and you kind of know what the story is, right? I mean, there really isn't a lot. I mean, sure, I'd I'd love to see Ike Cornish turn into a, you know, 15-minute, you know, eight-point-a-game guy or, you know, maybe Ian Martinez turns it around a little bit, maybe – Maybe you convince Jameer or, or Hakeem or someone to stick around for next year. I don't know, but there's just not a whole hell of a lot of interest because you know this is going to be a, a pretty full rebuild. And we had a great, fun November, and that was awesome and a, and a lot of fun. But, like, they just kind of back to being what they thought they were. So, I don't know, man. I, I struggle with it, and I feel bad because, you know, especially a guy like Jameer who came here for one more year, I guess potentially two, really for one. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like Fats last year. It's like, boy, I, I feel bad for you. Like, like I don't want this for you. But as a fan, I, I can understand just being like, all right, well, let's just suffer through this thing and then watch, you know – Harris Smith and Kaiser and Lamoth highlights in between games, because that's really what you're interested in. Like what's the future going to look like? Cause a lot of these guys you are playing right now just aren't going to be a part of it. Okay. A lot of it too, I think is the, the losses have not been just losses. They have been 
blowouts consistently. Same issue yeah. with the football LA. team has had for years. Yeah, yeah. UCLA, UCLA and Michigan, I think, are what killed people's uh, excitement. Those were just, you know, unbelievable blowouts. I mean, to be down 44-13. And they had, but they're still favored by three against Michigan Thursday. So it's definitely – that's a must win, right? It's, they're getting in a routine now where they're so on the edge and they're so losing every road game that every time – they go back home. It's a must win, basically, just looking at their record. Well, but also the schedule is really, really front loaded with all the most. It's more difficult in the beginning. Right. And it eases up later on. Yeah. So it feels like get it. It does. But like, look, you already got the Emilian injury, right? You know, you're That's they, they already brutal. they already have no depth whatsoever. And then you lose a guy like that for, you know, Willard was sounding like he was going to be out for a while. So, you know, they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of a lot to spare anywhere at this point. I mean, so now they're going to go to two years ago when they had nobody inside. and They're playing five forwards. Remember, like two years and they made the tournament with that team. Everybody, a lot of people called that Turgeon's best coaching job. That they won a game that they beat UConn, too, I think, with that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, that probably was Turgeon's best coaching job, believe it or not, just. That yeah. team had no business being anywhere near the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, I, I guess you, you could look at it that way. You know, what can Wheeler do with this kind of ragtag bunch of players? Um, you know, there's some interest in that. You know, certainly you don't want to see these continued scoring issues. Um, there are things that you can criticize him for, the things maybe you can get him credit for when he does pull off a win that maybe he shouldn't. But again, you know, just knowing that next year you might have what three of these contributors back maybe and it's, it's not like outside of julian reese who people are kind of up and down on there's not that guy who you're like the freshman guy who you're thinking he's going to be the guy like when you look at the bench guys martinez cornish the bigs that don't play at all there's not usually that guy you usually have in a situation like this that you say all right next year he'll be the man it's all it's all the freshmen yeah, it's wild. It's just a total it's going to be a, almost like a total clean slate and it's it's kind of hard to you know, you're just waiting for that, right? You're I'm you're waiting for the kids to get on campus and be like, "Okay, what do we got here? How long is this going to take?" Whereas this year it just feels like you're just, it kind of feels like last year, like you're just you're just playing the playing the season great. out and you know, two years in a row of that, like I wonder what kind of toll that takes on a fan base. Um or whether they can brush it off. I mean, I, th- I guess there are some some signs that, given how well they did earlier, they were packing the building when they were hot. You know, people are ready to come back when they're playing well. Um, but it does worry me a, a bit. But I guess that's you know, it's pretty far down the list in t- types of in terms of things that worry me with basketball right now. So there's football. About- football to boost is boosting. Before we get the football, <laughs> Hoagie's going to kill us if we do not talk about. The other part of basketball. Who cares? The future. The other part? Yeah, recruiting. Oh. That's what I, <laughs> I was I was trying to segue into that anyway before, but then you you jumped to the football and I didn't want to go to that yet. Did we even tell the people who's coming on the show in 10 minutes? We probably didn't do that, did we? Oh, yeah. I should probably say that, right? Yeah. What's his name? Uh Maryland's uh, leading rush. Freshman running back. Was he the one we made the bet over, or is that a different one? I don't oh, know. that's right. You lost that bet. Yeah. 
Roman Hemby, who is going to be the Maryland's all-time leading rusher by the end of his career. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Roman Hemby will be on the program in eight minutes or so. Before we do that, let's do some recruiting. Talking about the future, Deshaun Harris-Smith, Jamie Kaiser, Jonathan Lamothe. Anybody else? We know Derek Queen maybe might reclass to 2023. Is there anyone else at all on the radar for 2023, first of all, before we go to 2024? Yeah, there's a big kid, Braden Pierce. Uh, center from IMG Academy. Forgot him, yeah. Post-grad team, seven-footer. He's going to be coming in for an official visit. So that's really the only 2023 recruiting news we've had in quite a while since they have those three guys locked in and <clears throat> seem to be focusing or are focusing, I think, most of their attention uh, for the front court to the transfer portal in a couple months. Uh, so he's been the lone, that, that's a development there. He's, you know, he's not a sure thing by any stretch. He's got some solid high major offers, uh, South Carolina, I think Missouri, a few schools like that. So, I mean, they obviously like him enough to think that, you know, he can play at the level, this level. So he'll be coming in for an official. Otherwise, Derek Queen's saga continues. Uh, I don't think that'll drag out forever. He's still insisting that he's not going to reclass to 2023. I'm going to wait till the end and see on that. Um, it just, to me, and, you know, it's usually a guy like that, if he can get to college, especially now with an IL, there's no reason to spend that extra year in high school. So I'm going to wait and see what he does at the end. He could stick to 2024. I still think Maryland is clearly the leader uh, for him. They need him badly, obviously, when you look at the front court right now. Otherwise, there's other names they're working on guys, but there's no big development. There's no official visits or, you know, impending commitments. Prediction for, right now, Derek Queen commits to Maryland this year or next year? And he commits to Maryland is your prediction, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't put in a crystal ball quite yet. I'm waiting a little bit. I don't like to do it on those dudes like hit like Nicholas Harbor, that level guy and Queen. I don't like to do it all willy nilly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're clearly the favorite. You know, I, I will be surprised if he ends up somewhere else. This year, next year? Uh, this year. I don't think it drags on. No, no, know. I mean, does he? Oh, class? I, um, I would say probably 2024. But, I'm, like I said, I'm going to wait and see if he changes his mind on that. Okay, Paul, I, I didn't hey. mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, that's all right. I was just going to say, for what it's worth, I had a mole at the uh, the FOMB dinner last week, and uh, apparent and and Willard made it pretty clear that the plan is for four freshmen in this class and at least one from the transfer portal, possibly two, and two of those being big. So I would expect the last spot will go to a big, whether it's Pierce or someone else who comes along towards the end of the cycle, and they go in the portal at least get one more. But I, I, if they got the spots, I wouldn't be surprised they went and got two at this point. I mean, I don't know how long you can survive at this level of depth, um, especially in the Big Ten, man. It's it, you, you can see those games where Maryland is playing teams they just don't have shot. I mean, unless they're banging threes at seventy percent, which <laughs> they made very clear they're not going to do very often. So yeah, I mean, unless unless one of those guys, unless Jameer Young comes back, who clearly has established himself as, as the best player on the team, right, the past month. At the beginning of the year, I thought, oh, he's, he's good. He's going to be a nice player. But, you know, I don't know the, if he's going to translate fully to this level. And Dante Scott was there, but clearly he's the best. So unless he comes back, 
where's the impact other than those freshmen? You got to get at least three or four more guys, right? You need a serious talent injection. You know, who goes to clear out some of that space? I have no idea, but you, you got to remake half the roster. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're putting the guys already committed. Right. I mean, you're literally looking at like, you know, best guy available type stuff. Like you just need dudes, right? You can't have, you can't have a a situation where there are like four or five guys that you literally just can't play. And like they have right now, it's just not, it's not tenable. So all right, you need a a five, you need a four and you need a shooter at bare minimum. Three minutes until Roman Hemby. I'm going to share one more thing. This is the 2024 class the targets for maryland basketball if you go to maryland at 247sports.com go to i need to update that targets (laughs) palmer needs to be a top target i'm glad you pulled that up okay so we're gonna go we already talked queen connie roots what's your comment on him we got to go quick so quick blurb on each one percent Uh, chance all that already broke down queen roots i think that they're probably the leader but he's gonna Keep looking around, so I wouldn't. I'm not making any predictions there, but they do have a real shot. Here Palmer, we go. What's that? No, good. Finish your thought about Palmer, Malachi Palmer. Palmer, they're going all in on. They really like him. I think they got a good shot, but uh, it's not any. It's not done by any stretch. Okay, before we go on, I was just thinking, Harris Smith, Kaiser, Lamoth are the parallel to Gary Williams' version of Simpkins Rhodes hip. And then in 2024, you get Queen and Ruth. It's the parallel to Joe Smith and Keith Booth. How about that? That's good, man. I hope you know you got to hope it's closer to that than to uh, that'd Turgeon, be a beautiful thing, right? Detergents, Shaquille Clear, Charles no, Mitchell, no, and no, Sam no. Castell. But Jr. I'm just saying, it's like the three outside Seth Allen in the first year, and then two interior players the second year, just like Gary. That's right? a good parallel. Yeah. Good parallel. Okay, Drew McKenna. Uh, they haven't been as involved with him lately. Okay. AJ Swinton. I don't think they're recruiting him now. He needs to drop off that, that list. Caleb what about, Williams. What about Donnie Freeman? I know that they're. Um, Freeman's funny because I thought he was pretty much done for Texas. And then Chris Beard went nuts. And so now I don't, I don't know. He, he didn't seem, he seems like a guy who might want to get away, but I haven't completely written him off yet. Okay. Well, you feel like they're going to try and get at least one or two of these like six, seven, six, eight athletic guys, right? Like that's kind of the missing piece here. They do. They need that. Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams uh, I think they like him. He, he likes them. He's visited a lot. He's kind of that top 100-ish guy who always ends up at Villanova and being really good. Okay. So, um, Jaden you know, Mustaf. I don't know how involved they are with him at this point. Most of these guys – Sundra, the only out of these guys on that level of the list, Garrett Sundra is the one who I would keep close tabs on. I think they like him a lot. I think he has really good upside, and, and he seems to be pretty interested. So we need another update here, Jeff. Uh, Garrett Sundra, Mac. As soon as we finish the show, I'm, I'm working on this. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Sundra's interesting, too, because he's a teammate of a DHS at Paul VI, and he's like not a super highly recruited guy, but, boy, he looks like he can play. All Just right. kind of Jeff, Big Ten thing, center vibes. Your twenty, your prediction for twenty twenty four class right now, though. <laughs> Queen, Queen Roots Palmer. That would be just that alone would be. I think the guys they have the best shot at are Queen, 
maybe then Palmer and Roots right after him just early on, but it's hard to say. These guys haven't really, I don't, except for Queen, who I really like Maryland for, these guys haven't really gone deep into their recruitment for the most part. Okay. So those three, just those three alone would be so good. And yeah, they'll get a few of these guys. I mean, it's too early to say which ones. But they'll definitely get a few of these guys. I don't. I don't think there's a question about that. All right. Well, those if they did get a class like that on the back of the Harris Smith, Kaiser, and Lamothe class, how dare we say? They? Dare we say monster class? No, no, we're not doing that. We're not do. We're not doing it. And honestly, that's what he needs to do. Like that should be the baseline for me. You should be able to pull these types of guys who are like in that 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 sweet zone that Maryland seems to be at where you get those like top 30 to top 75 types. Like Kaiser need, Harris Smith, right? Those yeah. Guys. You need, yeah. Those are exactly the type of guys. There are a million of them around here. You don't have to go far most of the time. Like you just gotta, you gotta get two or three of those or four of those guys every year and just know that you're going to lose guys in the portal. You're going to lose guys to the NBA that's life now, but like you can't sit around waiting for these magic classes to show up. Like that just has to be what you do if you're going to succeed here. Roman Emmys think... here, Paul. All right, let I'll me, shut up. Let me let him in. <laughs> he is connecting for those listening on the pod. There he is. Roman, can you hear us? Hello, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. How are you doing? I'm hey, doing good. How are you doing? We're doing really good. We're basking in the glow of what was a pretty successful season for Maryland. How do you feel about it after the, you know, after the expectations, the way it ended up, and especially your your individual season? What are your? How do you feel about how it went down? Um, I feel like it was a great stepping stone season for us. You know, um, we talk about using these seasons as building blocks as we progress and get better as a team, as a community, as a program. Um, I feel like looking at it from the outside, looking in, um, we took it a step further than last year, which was our goal. And I feel like it's a great stepping stone for what we have and in, uh, in store for the future. So um, I feel like as far as my game and everything like that, I was able to display a little bit of what I have potentially and, you know, just working forward to, you know, cleaning up a little bit of things and hoping to have a better outcome for next season as well. Roman, first off, was there any doubt in your mind that Leah was coming back? And second, now that he is coming back, what are your thoughts on the potential for next year for you guys to kind of continue the progression? Uh, yeah, you know, he's a great player. So I knew he had, you know, multiple opportunities and things like that. But um, I knew that he had, he felt that we had unfinished business. So I was hoping that he stuck around and I'm glad that he is, you know, coming back to, you know, help us be better this upcoming season. Um, he's definitely a great player to work with and be alongside in the backfield and things like that. Uh, he, I feel like he helps me elevate my game in so many ways. So um, I'm blessed to be a part of, you know, his career for another year, and I'm blessed to have him, you know, to be a part of mine. Hey, bro, but are you just, like, fucking sick of mayonnaise right now? Or, <laughs> or was, uh, because I tell you, just even I, I'm a spectator at this bowl game, right? I mean, it, and it just felt like everywhere I looked, there are people guzzling mayo, and like <laughs> I'm trying not to like you know lose my stomach watching it and all this. And then the locks was smart to have the big hat on. The so hat, you didn't get too yeah, bad. What's up with the hat? But like, yeah, the hat, well, what, the hat you, helped them out. 
Oh, that no, the hat was the hat was a baller move. That was a strong move. Um, I, really, I just I'm making the joke, but I just talk to me about that bowl experience because um, uh, you were retro last year, right? So you got to go and do that, and then this time you're you're a contributor, you're a big part of the game. What was it like for you just going through all that, and how much fun did you guys have down there in Charlotte? Uh, yeah, it was a great experience. You know, anytime when you're allowed to extend your season and, you know, spend more time with the guys, it's a great thing to do. So um, um, I t- I didn't take it for granted, you know, going down to Charlotte, um, spending some time with those seniors going out, taking a, taking a field with me for the last time and things like that. So I cherished every moment of it. Um, you know, it's always great to be on the winning column, the winning side of things. So, uh, you know, when we look back on it years past, we won't say, oh, we, you know, we, we'll be happy about it. So. I'm excited about that whole aspect, just spending the week with the guys, um, you know, taking that chance to, um, you know, get better in, in several aspects of the game, you know, having those extra bowl prep practices and, you know, just getting to, to, to be with your guys and the coaches more than, you know, a lot of other teams will be able to. So I definitely uh, was happy and appreciative of that experience. And, you know, to be on the winning column, like I said, it was definitely the icing on the cake for that whole uh uh, bowl game for us. We're speaking with Maryland's leading rusher in the 2022 season, fall 22 academic all big 10 and freshman all American quite, quite the season. So many accolades there. I got a question. One thing I'm always really interested about when you're talking to the players, you got a really talented running back room and not only do you have four really talented running backs? You're all about the same age and about the same class. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested in the group dynamic. You guys are competing with each other for playing time. And also these are your friends and teammates. You want to have a good relationship with them. What's that dynamic? Like, it seems like it could get kind of tricky in there. Sometimes maybe get heated when you guys are competing with each other and also trying to be good teammates and good friends. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's a business side to everything. So at the end of the day, we all want to put our best foot forward every time we can to, you know, uh, get on the field as much as possible. But uh, I will say that I have a great relationship with the other running backs. Um, You know, they're like brothers to me. So um, their success kind of is like my success as well as mine is theirs. So um, we kind of take the role of being that way to fill, the, fill a void. You know, um, it's like if it's one game where I feel like um, – somebody else is stepping up more than I am. I don't have no problem with them getting in the game and, you know, you know, filling that void or, you know, ringing the bells, we like to say. So um, we don't have any selfish players in our, in our circle. Uh, we all want to just win games and however that happens is how we'll do it. So um, it's definitely good when you have a group like that, everybody willing to, you know, just get in where they fit in and be the pieces to the puzzle to help us, you know, have a successful season and successful games lined up. And you guys won – uh, bowl games back to back for the first time in programs that in forever, obviously, you know, you, you can see things turning the corner with the program. What would you say is, is what's the secret sauce? What's been the, uh, what's been the impetus for this whole kind of progression for Maryland, whether it's culture or something that uh, locks has done, like how, how has this rebuild occurred? Um, I feel like it's a little bit of everything that kind of contributed to that. I'll say most mostly um, just buying in. You know, we had a lot of people that were skeptical about where our program was headed, you know, not really knowing what we had in store or what our potential was. But we have a group of guys, you know, that are 
coming in every day, busting their butt and just, you know, wanting to see the greater good, taking this place, you know, to higher heights and things like that. And I think just plan for something bigger than ourselves, plan for our brothers and things like that. It gives us more strength and another like another avenue of power that we didn't know that we would have, you know, if we were just out there for our own reasons. So um, we're coming together, you know, under Coach Loxley and all of his, you know, his his morals and his standards and things like that. And we're pretty much just putting it on the line for each other. And it's been working out for us. And I feel like as we keep continuing to build on our culture and things like that, we'll keep trending in the right direction. Hey, Roman. So next year, it uh, looks like you guys are getting a little bit younger, especially in the skill positions outside of running back, you know, when it comes to cornerbacks, especially and wide receivers. Can you give us one guy on, you know, one wide receiver and one somebody in the secondary that you think is going to be a breakout player next year that maybe didn't play as much this year because the guys in front of him? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's that's the, the way that the, the landscape of college football is nowadays, you know, is getting younger. A lot of people were taking different opportunities and, you know, with the NFL and things like that, uh, you know, the game has, you know, we have a lot of new faces and things like that. I think um, we saw glimpses of Octavian Smith on the, as, as the wide receiver room. Um, he's really, he's, he's definitely coming along. Um, he always had, you know, the tools and everything like that. They recruited him for a reason, but I feel like, you know, now that he's comfortable in the, in the, in the, in the system and everything like that, I feel like he'll be able to flourish, especially with, you know, increased opportunity and things like that. And on the defensive side of the ball, you know, especially in the secondary, um, I like our safety tandem that we have going on with some new additions that we have. It's going to be cool to see how um, adding their new additions in and things like that to the whole DB room. It'll be cool to see how, you know, people, how they play well together and you know, how they fare out together. You know, we have uh, Jay Kwan that just signed. Um, i seeing a lot of the accolades that he had in the, in the uh, American conference. So it'll be cool to see how he, uh, you know, transitions to our program and things like that. And we have young guys as well. Uh, a lot to mention, you know, just a lot of young guys that I've seen, you know, kind of um, get a lot more experience in practice and in bowl prep, especially. And I'm looking forward to see how they come along as well throughout spring ball. And, you know, as we approach camp. Roman, it's no secret that, Maryland has had some attendance problems and as fans and people who cover the team, we sometimes worry about that. Does, how does it affect the psyche of the players? You come out and you don't see hundred thousand seat stadiums, like some of the teams you're playing against. Does it affect you guys? Your mental, I know you try not to make it allow it to affect you, but how do you think it does it affect you guys? Does it affect recruiting players coming in, seeing that what is the overall effect for that with you guys? And, is there something we could do to maybe increase the attendance? Um, you know, the attendance thing, um, you know, we play for something deeper than that. So it doesn't really get to us as much, but, um, you know, it, it is definitely a different environment sometimes when we go to other places and things like that. I would say mostly for, you know, our attendance and things like that. Once we start uh, be, becoming a more of a developed staple and, you know, giving the people what they want to see, uh, we'll have more fans come out. And that's what we're, that's what we're aiming to achieve. So, uh, we're going in, you know, we'll report later this month and get back into our little daily works and things like that. Just trying to put the best product on the field because, you know, that's what people want to see. And um, we're looking forward to bringing the show to College Park and, you know, getting the place rocking more often. Roman, we saw your speed on some of those. Uh, you had a lot of breakaway runs, obviously, this season. So tell me, I don't know, are you the fastest guy on the team? And if not, or if it's up for debate, who are the two or three guys who can give you a run for your money? Um, 
you know, as in my competitive nature, I will say I was I am the fastest on the team. There's definitely guys that um, you know, are just as fast, if not better, than me. Um, you know, just being realistic. Um, we got some blazers on all all sides of the ball, really. Um, you know, three phases, special teams, we got guys that fly down the field. Um, offense, you got guys like Ty Felton, even Octavian Smith. Uh they're fast, they're really fast. So um, you know, if I line up and race them, it'll be a good one. But I can't tell you that I'm gonna win nine times out of ten. I, I'm not sure, but we got a lot of speed, and you guys can see that sometimes on Saturdays. And we're looking to try to get more of that going. You know, long runs and things like that in the future. All right, Roman. Last but not least, I need one really funny Mike Loxley story from you. Some that some that have happened behind the scenes that also ain't gonna get you in trouble. <laughs> uh. I'm not sure. I gotta think. <laughs> really, I gotta think. You you threw in the, the he's caveat he that couldn't get in, get him in trouble. Yeah, I, I, I'd be plenty, right? Yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble. No, 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 no. Coach Locks is definitely you know a great coach, a great guy. Um, I feel like he's definitely done a lot to you know get me to where I am, um, and he definitely shares a lot of moments where we're all laughing and things like that. But um, Trying to think of one that I could, uh, you know, share. Um, Here, let me get. Let me give you this. Um, this won't get you in trouble. This will get. This will get. This will get you a day off, maybe from some doing shuttles. <laughs> um, coach Lox is known as a players' coach, and sometimes I feel like that's like a stigma as well. Like, oh, he's a players' coach. He doesn't know. He doesn't know offense like some of those, you know, guru guys. Right? Can you talk about Mike's? his offensive mind, what it's like in a film room with him, you know, coming from, you know, you've been here long enough. Like, you know, the differences to, you know, what it's like being in that kind of room with a guy who really knows what they're talking about and can translate it to you guys. So it's effective on the field. Oh yeah. Um, you know, once I've got to college, you know, I've realized that it's a very detailed game. Um, he's really, he's really uh, into the details. We don't get bored with the details. We like to say um, he's a stickler for things like that. And, you know, those little details that he brings up time and time again on and off the field in the film room, you know, on the practice fields and things like that, they all come into play, whether we want to believe it or not. Um, you know, we talk about route depth. You know, we want to get to a certain depth on our routes. It affects the timing, you know, building that that relationship with the quarterback so he can get through his reads and times and stuff. And he's really on to all of that. Uh, people don't really um, – People could probably discredit what he does in that aspect, um, but he definitely does a lot in that. Um, I know he's helped me tremendously, um, even in the bowl game, uh, you know, with just a little bit of our schemes and things like that. Uh, I remember him coming up to me and he's telling me, uh, you know, read it a second more, take one more step this way. And once I did it, it all opened up for me. And it was like, if only I could have thought that myself, really. And, you know, that's why we pay our coaches. That's why coaches are there to help us be successful because little things like that that he's done and, um, you know, just making it to where we can go out there and put everything on the line and, you know, feel healthy. We get through the week safe and things like that. He does a great job keeping us prepared with game plans and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like um, I'm definitely blessed to play under him. Roman, we always end the show by playing a game called fill in the blank. I'm going to ask you five rapid fire questions. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Here we go. Your favorite fast food restaurant is? Chick-fil-A, if that counts. 
Yeah, that counts. <laughs> yep. Your yep. favorite thing to do besides because I checked your Twitter for other stuff besides football, didn't see it. Your favorite thing to do besides football is uh listen to music. Okay. The biggest prankster on the team is Tommy. Tommy King Basote. Okay. Oh, young guy. All right. When you graduate, your rank on the all-time Maryland Maryland rushing list will be top five. Okay. Does that count? Because yeah, because if you said one, it's going to require four years, my friend. Just so you know that. <laughs> keep, keep, keep that in mind. All right. Next, fight, last one. Next season's Big Ten champs will be University of Maryland. There we go. Well played, sir. There we go. All right, Roman. One more thing we ask if everybody comes on the show. Could you do us a favor and say, this is Roman Hemby, and you're listening to IMS Radio. This is Roman Hemby, and you're listening to IMS Radio. Very good. Thank you. All right. Awesome Thank you, season. sir. Enjoy a couple weeks off because you know it gets started again soon, right? Yeah, we're going to get back to work soon. <laughs> right, get some of that Chick-fil-A while you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining Thanks, us, Roman. Roman. All right. Thank you for your time. All right. Take yeah. it easy. All right. Take it easy. Uh-oh. There we go. He's kind of frozen there. Oh, man. I don't want to have another Gary incident. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes later, there. just That's staring okay. at us right That's okay. <laughs> He's a still shot. He'll just be with us the rest of the show. That's fine. Roman yeah. can hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Nate just froze on like a really nice smiling. Like yeah. he looks like he just... It just froze there. Like, <laughs> at least it's not a bad picture. Like, sometimes when you, you get frozen in the middle of a thing. Yeah, like. You're like. Yeah. Like, Gary was like picking his nose. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I thought he was going to say number one on the all-time list. No, Gary, Gary yeah. was doing like, is this thing on? You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, Number one on the all-time <laughs> list would require four years. Because, Five years, technically, for him. Yeah, yeah. He's a red shirt. That's true. That's true. Yeah, there he goes. He's gone. That now. was fun, yeah. man. I, I, Again, every time we have a player on, I feel like continually impressed by these guys. And like, it's so – Yeah. Especially for the football guys, like, it's so weird because – you know, obviously they're like celebrities and whatnot, but you have to remember like, like his life right now, like he's got like three weeks off and then he's back to five thirty AM workouts five days a week. That sounds you know? awful. Yeah. And then spring ball and then summer workouts and then camp hits. And then you're in season for another four months. Like, you know, these guys work hard doing full-time school. Like just feel like sometimes that needs to be like pointed out like this, Especially when you get into the issue about paying players, like these guys work their asses off, man. Like this is not, this is not just fun and games. Like they just don't show up on Saturday morning and get it done. Good messages yeah, in the chat. NIL, I mean, NIL is changing the game on that level. I mean, I guarantee you, he's he's doing well for himself, and nil wise, right now as he should be. You know, yeah. the market market value out there. Guy, not necessarily him, but a guy like him, he's going to be able to go somewhere and get some good money. So, you know, I've been advocating for for contracts, collective bargaining agreement, all this stuff, pay players out of the television contracts. And you're just reminding me of it again with the NIL stuff. But the kid from Florida who had the deal that didn't come. Yeah, this is exactly why you need it. Yeah, it's why you got to do it. And and like how. 
Well, and it, it's going to take something like that to make it happen, though, right? Because, you know, if they're, if they're going to continue doing this bullshit where we're all going to pretend like, uh, you know, NIL is completely separate from the school and has nothing to do with the recruiting process, you know, if a kid signs a letter of intent, which is a contractual agreement to attend a school and accept a scholarship that they can't just necessarily get right out of when the NIL thing falls through. How's that work? Yeah, this is what you I'm know, saying. Like, like it's gonna, no, it's gonna end up. It's gonna I end spoke- up in a courtroom. It's gonna end up in, in front of the national labor uh, labor board. Like, like this is gonna get serious quick. I talked to someone inside the Maryland basketball program probably a week ago, and his frustration is that so many kids are choosing schools based on NIL, and then going there and they're not getting the money they were promised, and they don't do well there. Where you know they could have come to Maryland and. You know, obviously, in his in his understandably biased view, come to Maryland and uh, done much better. And he said a lot of them, these deals they get, they're not coming to fruition. So, well, I mean, who's you know? Remember, this is these guys are who are they agreeing to contractually? Or I mean, who's if you're a 17 year old recruit and somebody says, "Here, you know, we'll offer you a you know, I'm a, I I own." 20 car dealerships in Alabama and I want you to come to Alabama and I'll, I'll offer you a million dollars to do advertisements. You know, how's that work? Is that, are you signing a separate contract? Is that, how does that relate to your letter of intent or your ability to play? Can I pull the plug on that whenever I choose to? What if you get here and you suck and nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows who you are when you're on my commercials, you know, working on, you know, advertising for my car dealerships. Like I didn't, this is why I keep saying it. You need. Yeah. And and I'll say there, there's a bit of a difference between like the recruits and the current players, right? If you're a, if you're a Roman Hamby, right. You just rushed for almost a thousand yards as a freshman, you're a known commodity, right? So somebody says the market value, right. And somebody says, come to Texas, we'll pay you a million dollars. Okay. I can understand that because you know what you're getting. You're probably going to get it. Everybody's most likely going to be fairly happy with that transaction. When you start offering recruits money, especially on the football side where the bust rate is high, boy, I don't know how that works. I mean, basketball, the bust rate isn't as high. It's still going to happen. And you could make the argument that if you're a high-level recruit, doesn't matter whether you play at Kentucky or Duke or UCLA or wherever. Like any of those schools will probably get you where you need to be. So Maryland. By the way, or Mar- right, or or Mar- or anybody, right? Yeah. So yeah. you could imagine that. I think there you are going to start to see some difference in the way each of the revenue sports affect this and how how it kind of works. But like eventually, these are going to end up in courtrooms, and I I just don't know how how that ends. Yeah, it's it's got to, it's got to, it's got to get to that point. And by the way, I think that is going to be a very good thing for Maryland because. They've got the best television contract in the country. Yeah. Anything that leverages Maryland position at the, at the, you know, at the money table, which, you know, whatever their position in the big 10 is, it ain't great, but it's, it's still at the table. So, you know, anything that puts them back in a situation where they can compete with just about anybody in terms of this stuff is great. Until then, until that happens, their NIL money isn't as good as a lot of these, Nope. I mean, Loxley's having to really work hard. Just it's not um, it's not comparable to Nebraska or you know 
I'm sure Penn State, because Maryland football fans, let's be honest, they don't they don't really shell out all that much. And there's not a group of heavy hitting Maryland football. There's a few guys, but there's not 300 like a lot of these schools or many more even. I can I can count them on these two hands. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's that those are the guys. And to Loxley's credit, I would say it sounds like the stuff that the TBIA Foundation is doing is like actual work, like they are actually doing stuff in the community. And I know that's important to him. So like, you know, I do I do think these guys are being asked to actually earn their money, whereas some of these places I imagine it's just check, and it is what it is. So like. You know, Maryland's going to have to struggle a little bit to kind of get through this mirth. But, you know, it does feel like if you have any conscience when it comes to this stuff, they are at least trying to do it the right way, even if that's maybe not. Maybe not Maryland's the holding their own, though. Maryland's holding their own. make it through this offseason only losing one big name guy, CJ Dupree, that in. everybody was worried about Jay Sean Barham. I talked to somebody about him, somebody very high up toward the top of the program about him, and he said it. You know, difference between him and the guy who left last year is he's he's a real loyal guy. You know, a guy like that's going to get taken care of, you know, and I always anyway, but maybe not as much as he could if he put himself out there. But he said he's loyal. He's not looking to do that. Uh, You know, you look at the rest. I mean, they don't have a lot of the Obviously, Talia is the big name and he could have gone out there and and gone somewhere. But uh, anyways, they've made it relatively un- unscathed by NF- by NIL uh, free agency. They've yeah, they got well. they got pretty lucky. I mean, it, they lost a lot of guys, but they were all second, third string guys that most likely weren't seeing a lot of the field other than That's Dupree true. and not getting, say, a Nasili Kite back or, you know, something like that. We'll see what happened with, with, with Jay Sean Jones. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, the offseason could not really have gone much better in terms of what they lost versus what they're bringing in. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty damn happy with that. And bar, they're just lucky that Barham. And I don't think I've ever seen that dude smile. And if you did, it would probably scare me. Like he seems like the dude who like celebrated Christmas morning by going out and running some laps. Like he just, yeah. he, he just seems like one of those dudes. And He's I'm just, I just love him to death. And I, I, I hope I wish nothing but terror for the Big Ten next year. Let's finish up football with some recruiting. As far as I can tell, are there three potential freshmen left, the Terrace Twins and Nicholas Harbor? Is there anyone else? Um, no, those are the only known guys right, right now. Terrace Twins, the big news on them yesterday, or I should say Tuesday, was that they, um, they're not going to visit Arkansas or anywhere else. They're not taking any more official visits. So Which it's is great news for Maryland, right? It's huge for Maryland. So they're down to Maryland and Central Florida where they're originally committed. So you got to like Maryland's chances there uh, unless UCF pulls off a miracle. Well, that would be huge, obviously, getting a pair of four-star linebackers. Probably need a year or two to develop. They're both fairly light, but, you know, that's just layering that talent, even if it's not going to help right away. Harbor, um, you know, they're still very much in it. Could come down to them in Oregon, depending how this visit goes. You know, I reported about a month ago that even though it seemed like it was Maryland, South Carolina, and Michigan, that some new schools were going to suddenly pop up. The two I had been, the ones I had been hearing were Oregon, LSU, and Miami. It seems like LSU and Miami are out of it, but the Oregon one should de- visit should scare you. I mean, that's Nike 
he's perfectly made as a Nike billboard guy, right? Track superstar, 6'5", just, you know, freak athlete. So you got to worry about what they're pitching in IL-wise. Otherwise, you know, I think Maryland has been in pretty good shape for a little while. So you just got to wait and let that play out. And transfers left. I know they want to get a cornerback because they lost, forget his name, to Jordan Young. Yeah, to Cincinnati. Is that the last piece? Get get the Twins, Nicholas Harbor, a cornerback, and transfer market call it a day? Uh, you never know. I think after spring ball, maybe I haven't, I haven't tabulated the scholarship numbers. Obviously, it's getting pretty close to a full ship. Um, but, you know, they did – they grabbed those uh, offensive line transfers. Huge. So yeah, Corey Bullock. Huge. Which, to Cincinnati and they flipped him. Um, and then even better, this kid got leave IE's day. Uh, who just oh, came- try that again, Jeff. I, I think Zay. it's got leave IE's day. IE day. There you go. That's going to take a while. <laughs> uh, yeah. IE He committed uh, a local kid from Germantown who had gone to Shepherd. He was a late bloomer, didn't play football till late in his career, but really big kid. Uh, he became a projected, you know, NFL draft guy there. I talked to somebody who thinks he's a top three round pick potentially. So that could be your replacement for Jalen Duncan at left tackle. Maybe you even improve there. Yeah. Duncan, Duncan Jalen Duncan wasn't, I still don't get the NFL hype with him. I love him. All the measurables. He's big, he's big and athletic, but he struggled this year. So, um, and uh, so, yeah, they've done it on the offensive line. I think they're pretty good there. Now maybe add one more guy. I could see them possibly adding one more guy. They want a corner, like you said, because Jordan Young went to Cincinnati. And then maybe a best available guy at some point. But in terms of positional needs, I think that pretty much shores them up everywhere. I love the the transfer portal guys they came across. This that that feels like a really underrated story in terms of the recruiting class and and the way that we look at these things. I mean, they really needed some some depth and some leaders at wide receiver. They go get Caden Prather from West Virginia. They get Tyrese Chambers from FIU. I mean, those are two guys who could potentially start right off the top. And then they need a cornerback. They go get Jaquan Shepard from Cincinnati. You know, you got a couple of these guys like uh, Ayedzi and um, Donnell Brown, who are guys who whoa, like whoa. were in- Paul Ayedzi. Ayedzi. That's how it's spelled. Ayedze. Whatever. Come on, man. Gottlieb. We got Gottlieb, and they got. Uh, they, you totally ruined my thought. Donnell Brown. He's the guy from from uh, Saint Francis, yes. not the Sorry high school, that. the college. And like, I love these dudes who come from small schools after just dominating there because the obviously the talent issue is is different across the board but like these dudes can play ball they've done it against like grown college kids so i'm interested to see what they can bring on top of a guy like avante williams who's a safety you know was a former five-star recruit you know all world recruit from my at miami maybe just needed to change the scenery you know kind of like jordan phillips at the defensive line or marcus doomerville from lsu i mean you got a good mix of guys here and almost you imagine just about all of them will jump right into the two deep and almost all of them have more than one year of eligibility left. So like, I, I feel like that's a slam dunk and really, really helps Maryland at positions where they really needed some help, you know, offensive Depth. line wide receiver and secondary where the, where the real uh, areas of issue and, and seems like they've done a really good job patching those holes. Donnell Brown, Donnell Brown, that's the guy to watch who, who Paul mentioned. 
I talked to two people over there. They said he's a freak. They think he could be somewhat similar to the Jared Verse kid who went from Albany to FSU, now first-round draft pick. They, I mean, that's obviously really high-level expectations, but they think he's he's legit. Awesome. Love last, it. Last thing on football, we got a question in the chat. I like this question. Good question. Anybody to replace Ryland, the kicker? Uh, that's kind of up in the air. I don't think that there's a shoe in for that job. You know, none of these guys, they've got the Beatty kid who transferred from Oregon a couple of years ago or last year, uh, Brendan Segovia kid, I think it was from California who had a strong leg, but, and then there's one more, you put me on the spot. The other kid's name. There was somebody that some, that they were Jack talking House. about. Jack yeah. House is his name. He, I think Loxley might've mentioned him as the guy, but either way, Unless you get really lucky, you're going to have a downgrade at kicker because Ryland, you know, he was really good. Well, and also not on kickoffs, it was very nice not having the problem they had two years ago with returns crushing them all the time. So Just couldn't get it in the end zone. Yeah. All right. We're now going to proceed to Paul's favorite portion of the show, the non-revs report from Wheels. Before we do that and before everybody – ducks out of the show with the non-merge report please subscribe to ims radio on youtube pretty please please do that for us hey we've got lots of cool videos yeah, about yeah. here we I'll go say we took lots of lots of cool videos from the uh from the bowl game with me and larry shot down there at the tailgate and during halftime and stuff it's, it's actually it's worth your time yes my interview with our waitress in the skybox was awesome oh yes just you know we sweet. were plastered yeah, you were. <laughs> we were so- <laughs> All right. Non-Revs report from Wheels. Here we go. Happy New Year's, everyone. This is Wheels with your IMS non-revenue sports report. It's been a while since Maryland's wrestling team drew any national attention, but this year's team is off to an 8-2 and two start and earned a number 20 national ranking recently. Whoa. Six of their next seven Big Ten opponents, however, are ranked inside the top 25, starting with a visit from number 7 Ohio State. The women's gymnastics team has started off its season with two wins and are on the cusp of a top 25 national ranking as well. They head out to Nebraska this week. Good. Tennis has already started their season with a win over local rival Georgetown. They welcome Virginia Commonwealth to College Park this weekend. Finally, several other spring sports begin gearing up for their seasons. The men's and women's lacrosse teams have started practice And the men, the defending NCAA championship men's team, heads down to Durham this weekend for a scrimmage against Duke. Baseball and softball are less than a month out from their first games of the season as well. And that's it for your non-rev sports report. Be safe out there, everyone. I like how he said Happy New Year, and it's like three weeks since we... we What? Did he record that before Christmas? (laughs) No. I texted him at like 6.30 and said, dude, I completely forgot to ask you for the report. <laughs> Do you, can you get it? And he got it to me in like 15 minutes. So awesome that's my guy. job by, by wheels. Follow him. He's getting ready to kill it on lacrosse coverage. I, I, I did not. Lacrosse coverage is amazing. Yeah. And I did it really not know is. lacrosse had secret scrimmages too. Who knew? Well, they're a secret, Larry. That's why nobody knew. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, but, but people figure out the secret for basketball. I guess they're figuring it out for. Yeah. See, it's moving up in the world, right? All right. I, the end of the show, I like this. I got, I got Maryland trivia for you guys. This is good. This is going to be good. I got one for basketball, one for football. 
And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a category. Remember how we used to do this? I'll give you a category and you'll have, like, if I said people who coached Maryland basketball and you alternate one person, say Gary Williams, Mark Turgeon, Kevin Willard, Seta, Lefty, whatever. There's only, like, there only like five of them. <laughs> Bud Milliken. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so Bob Wade. Okay. <laughs> so, Six. Yeah. The six coaches since like 1960. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you guys alternate and we'll see how the chat room does too, but don't cheat. Don't cheat. All right. Let me, let me pull my spreadsheet here. Dante Scott is on pace. I mean, I'm still getting my spreadsheet. Dante Scott is on pace to finish his career with 1400 points and 700 rebounds. If he does hit those marks, he'll be the 10th player in Maryland history to do that. Name the other nine. We'll start with Jeff. Terrence Morris. Correct. I'm going to mark them off as you guys go. Len Bias. Correct. Jeff. Keith Booth. Correct. Paul. Tom McMillan. Yes. Jeff. I think this guy's got to be on the list, but he wasn't as big of a scorer. Len Elmore. No. I knew it. As I said, because <laughs> his rebounding numbers are insane. He was, I think he's number one all time. He is number one all time. Okay. So how many points does he have? He must be close, right? He's, he's got to be close. He had 1,053 rebounds yeah. and 1,017 points. Okay. I remember, they only played three years back then, too. That was That's the dagger. Yeah. All right. Um, Paul? Lonnie Baxter. Yes, I was waiting for that one. That was that was that was yeah. the easy one. Yeah. Okay. How many are left? How many did we three, not get? Three more to go. You guys have got Len Bias, Lonnie Baxter, Tom McMillan, Keith Booth, Terrence Morris, and there are three left. Okay, go ahead. Um, Walt Williams. Does he nope. have the rebounds? No, nope. he has the rebounds. The he had. 1,704 points, 478 rebounds. Oh, man, he wasn't hitting the boards at all. Yeah, no, Actually, that's funny because, you know what, I should have known because I saw an interview where Gary Williams said he met, um, I think it was Rudy Tomjanovich, who was a famous NBA coach. Or no, somebody the one else. who got hit in the face by um, Kermit Washington. Kermit Washington. That is yeah. a brutal, brutal. It was, some, it was some NBA legend, and he, say, he was talking about how he met them at a tournament, and he went up to Walt Williams, and the guy was like, why don't you rebound? So how am I, how am I going to say Walt Williams when I just heard that? that yeah, <laughs> as tall as he is too. All right, actually there are four left. I, I've miscounted. There are four left. Paul, go ahead. Um, Albert King, I think probably hit that number. The you rebounds. They, no, in the they, chat room said it. Yes, I mean, I Albert saw King it, but I was already thinking Albert King because <laughs> yes. he was he was he was a small forward. He'd have been down there in the key a lot. Paul um, cheated. All right. Jeff. No way, Joe Smith. Joe Smith couldn't have done it in two years, right? He did not. He did not hit either mark. Um, who else stuck around every, long enough? I have everyone who hit either mark. By the way, I'll show you the sheet in a minute. Okay, three more to go. So Jeff said Joe Smith. No, Paul. Anybody you got left? Um, Buck Williams. No, he didn't score enough, did he? He had nine hundred and twenty-eight rebounds, but only. Oh. 1,153 points. Okay. Someone said Evers Burns in the chat. He did not hit either mark. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to hold it up forever. All right, I can't here we go. I'm going to give you the last three. Derek Lewis, 948 
rebounds, 1,458 points. James Gist, 783 huh. rebounds, 1,414 points. I never and got that. the only guard to make it. That's a hint. Johnny Rhodes. Yeah. One of the most underrated players in Maryland history. Just total stat sheet filler. The steals. He's like one of the best steals in history of basketball, let alone Maryland. And he dwarfs everyone in Maryland steals history. 704 rebounds, 1,743 points. Um, I'm not going to show you the sheet left Hmm. yet, but we're going to go to the next trivia. Okay. Here we go. We just had Roman Hemby on. He led the team in rushing this year, and he's got a chance to become the 17th player in Maryland history to lead the team in rushing for multiple seasons. Who were the other 16? We'll start with Jeff. Bruce Perry. No. What? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. His other year he did it? Nope. His other year that he was he won the offensive player of the year that one year. Who the hell led the other the other Chris year Downs. that he Chris Downs and Josh Downs came out of nowhere after him. Yeah. All right, can I... <laughs> no. All right. Replace that with Lamont Jordan. Lamont Jordan. Mispronounced Lamont Jordan. That was that was so classic. The fucking like when we used to do these and you get it wrong on the first one. Okay, that's terrible. Right. Yes, Lamont Jordan. Okay, Paul. Oh, I don't know. Um, this is tough. I'll be surprised you guys get half. Charlie Wysocki. Yes. Charlie Wysocki sent me a Facebook message out of the blue the other day. Saying he, hopes family, he hopes my family is blessed. Tell him to come on the show. Charlie Wysocki. Yeah. got to get his bumper, man. So we, could, we, could, we, could, we could bless Charlie on the show. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing these days. What about Darrell Scott? Darrell Scott. Is correct. Nice, Jeff. Yeah, oh, right. go. Uh, let's see. Um, two years in a row, right? Um, no, no. Wait. Some of them are not in a row. It's just multiple. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay. Um, thank you. Um, Lance Ball's probably on there, isn't he? Lance Ball did it twice. Yeah. Lance Ball. Let's see. Darrell Scott was 2008-2009. Lance Ball was 05 and 06. Okay, Jeff. Lamont George is the only one to do it four times, by the way. That's insane. Um, 97 through 2000. And then you also said Waisaki, who did it three times, 79 through 81. Okay, Jeff, your turn. Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson is correct. Good job. You guys are up to five. Ty Johnson was 16 and 17. Paul. Um. I'm going to give you a hint. There are four guys who've done it three times that you haven't mentioned. Really? Yes. That's crazy. One, and two of them you definitely know. I don't know, man. But you, um, two of them you definitely know, but maybe not pull one of them. I might not have. Two of them are old dudes. I mean, Ant McFarlane might have done it. Nope. 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 Um, He's once. Okay. They had a bit of a log jam there too. What was your guess, Jeff? Anything? You want me to? So I'm trying to think of the pre the pre Frigian years, but that was like the big passing attack with Milanovic and all those guys. So I can't think of a single noteworthy running back from that era. I mean, four of four of them played with Frigian. Well, 
Well, no, let me take that back. Uh, what about um, two of them play with freedom? Oh, damn it. Brandon Ross. Did he do it? Brandon oh, Ross three times. That's okay. a good one. 2012, 2013. Those are, those are just sad fucking years. <laughs> like we don't... <laughs> 12, 13, and 15. In 2014, the team was led by C.J. Brown, friend of the show. Oh, there you go. Okay. Are you guys... Have we, have yeah, we I, think we're, I think we're cooked. Okay. The others are Lewis Carter, who did it 72 through 74. Mark Mason, who... We, you should remember the name. I don't think I would have pulled it, but Mark Mason was 91, 92, 93. No way. Billy Lovett, 90, uh, 1966 through 68. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. He was great. Uh, Alvin Blount, who I remember definitely from the 80s. Two times he did it. Steve Atkins, who I also... Eh, um. I would have never gotten any of them. See, these are all names that I casually remember because I've looked at the damn record books so many times researching yeah. for articles. But other than that, like, yeah, Bren Lowry in '87 and '89. I don't even remember his name. <laughs> That's nice. In the '80s, I watched in the '80s. Uh, Willie Joyner, who did it twice in '82 and '83. I, I kind of don't really remember. Ralph Felton did it in 51 and 53, the two best seasons in Maryland history, by the way. In between was Jack Scarbath, one of the greatest quarterbacks in Maryland history. Who else did we not get? Davin Meggett. Oh, wow. Davin Meggett in 2010, 2011. So those are the six. Yeah, I wouldn't have pulled that off either. Maryland has a very sad track record of running backs. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, at least a lot of stars. There's not even a lot of like borderline, like decent NFL players on that list. Not many yeah. went to the NFL and did a lot. Lamont Jordan was there for a while, had a good career. The Jets and like a couple others, right? I don't remember exactly who. Uh, yeah, Ty's sticking Ty's around. Doing all right, yeah. He's, he's, he's hanging in there. He's gonna he's gonna earn a pension at least. <laughs> yeah, Ant McFarland's still with Pittsburgh, right? But he's not getting much run. He's hanging on by a thread. He got yeah. Put back on the active roster for a game at the end of the year for the first time, and I think like a full year. So. Yeah, Funk got picked back up to somebody's practice squad, I think, after getting yeah. cut. So I don't know. It's it's not great. <laughs> One of the players who I know you guys will have fond remembrances of for the show's purposes, Dick Modzalewski. One of the five. Dick Modzalewski. One of one of the five dicks. Good for Dick. Do you guys want to see the list or? Lots of dicks. Not really. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that was fun though. I love doing the trivia. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, that was a good, that was a good one. That was good. Uh, that good one. I got to get Paul. I got to pay Paul back. Everybody yeah. was throwing out guesses in the, in the chat. That was a lot of fun. You got to, you got to do something for about like uh Montgomery County, like blacktop heroes for jeff to outdo me on one of these that is my wheelhouse that's right i could not come up with the trivia for that after steve francis i got nothing (laughs) yeah i don't i I don't even i didn't i couldn't even have given you that (laughs) all right subscribe please it's awesome it does nothing just click a button yeah click on the button it helps us out that's all i got for you guys
Good show. Let's hope bet on Michigan play. plus three. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I, I hate hedge, dude. The, the emotional the, the emotional hedge bet options are just screaming at you right there. No, that screams take Maryland. They're begging. They're begging you to take Michigan with that line. That's fine. Still worth a twenty spot. I mean, with the way Unless, it, you'd have to hold your nose. <laughs> so someone in the chat said, "Name Maryland five soccer players ever." I can do that. Oh, I can do that easily. Jeff can. Did Pele play for Maryland? Yes. How'd you I know? Randy Castain yeah. was really good at Maryland. Yeah. Yep. Uh, David Beckham. Mm-hmm. Yes. All time great Turk. Really, really, Freddie really Freddie good. Uh, really good free kick. Ready to do. Messi. And Messi. There's your five. Yeah. He only stuck around for a year, but he left a lasting impression. Alex Morgan. Mm-hmm. Megan Rapino, Hope yeah. Solo. All of them, pretty much. Yep. All the ones you know. Yep. All Terps. Daryl Pine's son. I can name him. Yes. Uh, if you can name his kitty, kitty, kitty. from a few years ago that was really good. Who has uh, been under a lot of controversy, really. Yeah, well, been a lot of lot of goalies. Mark something? I don't know, man. Zach I'm so, soccer is Zach Stefan Donovan Pines. Dane St. Clair went to went to the World Cup for Canada this year. Taylor he is a keeper. Twelman, Graham Zusi, Maurice Du. Yep. Was on the um, US National Clarence team. Goodson. How about Clarence Goodson? Um, Omar, Omar Gonzalez. Gonzalez. AJ Delacarza. Yep. Um, Ben Bender. U.S. national team players were naming that went to Maryland. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think we passed uh, that one. We can, was pretty good. We could keep going, yeah. but yeah, we'll we'll save we'll save everybody that struggle. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for a good show. Hopefully, the basketball team excites us, and we'll <laughs> we'll come back and we'll do some more shows, and hopefully, probably be good. not. When's when's the second uh, recruiting day, Jeff? February first, February first. So it's like it's like two weeks away. Two weeks. And then when does well, spring spring ball start? I don't have a date yet. They they always set the date a little bit later, so I don't know exactly. Usually, it's, it's been like like pretty early March recently, right? So I was thinking March, right? Yeah. So yeah. All right, we'll see how the team does. Not much of a lull here. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And please subscribe, all that stuff. This is IMS Radio.